Welcome to part two of three uh, with my conversation with Samuel Tan. Now Sam will talk about his time in the Singaporean army and the lessons he took away from it. Enjoy. I want to transition to your time in the army. Could you just preface for me or give me a quick overview of mandatory service and the purpose behind it and what you had to do? Just to give a quick overview about how the military conscription thing works in Singapore. So it's mandatory for all males in Singapore to serve in the army. Um, so depending on um, your education background, depending on um, whether you have any physical disabilities, um, you would be assigned to different services. So you serve in um, different capacities, basically. So um, usually you serve two years. If you um, come into the army um, with um, certain physical disabilities or maybe you're just physically unfit compared to the rest, and then you would have to serve for about, um, about I think, two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slightly under two and a half years. So... Um, usually when you first go into the army, everyone has to go through this thing called the basic military training where you sort of um, go through, um, you just sort of trans- transit from a civilian life to a more um, like someone, basically um, someone who serves in the army, a different life. So it's a nine weeks kind of transition period where you start to pick up your arms, you learn how to take care of equipment, you learn some of the military drills and some of the the regimentation and disciplinary um, things that you have to abide by. So everyone has to shave their head. So it's like... Um, it's like a rite of passage where you sort of, as in they claim that you sort of turn into a man from, you know, like from a boy to a man. Yeah. Um, it's questionable and um, we can talk about this <laughs> separately if you want to. Um, yeah, so after the nine weeks, based on your performance, based on some um, physical, mental aptitude tests that they've done, and then some situational tests and evaluations, um, you'll be assigned to different services, to different um, schools. You'll be determined if, as in they will determine whether you are you have the potential to lead, like um, lead a you know a team, lead a platoon, lead a company or something. So you go to different schools and then you will take on different vocations. You will learn different skills and then after you're done with your um, next set of training, you you just go to your position and fulfill what your role is supposed to be for the next two years. So after the two years, um, most people will carry on with their life. They'll go to the ten college or they'll go to work. Then um, after so basically, more or less during every year, you'll be called back to do like a physical fitness assessment of sorts. And then um, in certain years, maybe once every two years, you'll be called back for small or large like a military exercise to make sure, you know, you're still familiar with the soldier fundamentals, you're still um, familiar with the tactics and how to use a weapon and basically how to function effectively. Um, So the whole idea of military conscription is to just to make sure um, that Singapore is ready for any war. And there's a lot of discussion as to whether how... um, how likely war would break out, you know, in the region and how likely we would involve ourselves in someone else's war. But then um, the whole idea is to, to build a strong army is to, you know, just, um, as in the principle behind this entire thing is just a deterrence, as in when you have a um, strong and capable military force, I'm quoting them, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's supposed to be effect- an effective um, deterrence um, towards uh, any potential aggressor. So um, that's the whole idea. And even though like the past like you know decades there hasn't really been like um any war of sorts and people have been complaining about how a military budget could have been better used somewhere uh, elsewhere um but then the government's um idea behind this entire thing is that the only reason as in one of the huge reasons why there is um little um like war at least that's on the news that you know that's regarding singapore is because of this deterrence factor and well i believe that um there is a lot of sense to it so um i'm even though a lot of people feel that the two years was a um, huge waste of their time because you know when you are at 18 19 20 right this like 
time you actually at the best time of your life to sort of learn new things. And then for people who are interested in academia, for people who want to, you know, um, go into entrepreneurship, it's um, uh, like a quality time, like a good time for you to actually get down into things and then learn a lot of stuff. But then spending in the time in the army, it actually dulls your personality because you need to sort of um, adhere to um, certain protocols and then you can't sort of challenge the hierarchy. So sometimes it can really, you know, destroy you quite a bit as a person. And then you don't get to learn a lot of things. You sort of repeat mundane tasks um, a lot of time. So you don't actually, um, yeah, some people feel that you don't learn as much as what you can from outside. But then personally, I felt that the experience was very valuable because um, I was fortunate enough to be um, in a position where I get to learn a lot, I get to try a lot, I get to put myself out there and, um, you know, just um, just um, try you know, a lot of new things. So I definitely come out as a stronger person and a tougher person. And um, yeah, I feel that um, I think it's really just about the mindset, about how you go in and, and who you come out as a person. Did you learn anything about, did you learn anything new about people in general? Um, did, it, did, it, did it change how you view humans on, a, on maybe like on a more uh, inherent level? Um, I feel that, um, as in, I'm someone who's pretty, Controlling, <laughs> yeah. As in, to a certain extent, under like trialing situations and conditions, I feel like um, I have lost a bit of faith in people who might not, you know, have the same kind of determination and drive to push through in difficult times. And then there's a need for someone to be more controlling and sort of like to rule with an iron fist kind of thing. Um, I feel that something that maybe I wouldn't have wanted to see. To, to see during my time in the army. Then I was in, basically to give you some context, um, I've, I think I've shared with Logan about this before. So basically when I was in the army, there was this jungle survival exercise, nine days of training, two days of food. So, um, and you're not supposed to really go around and forage, forage for more food. So you just basically have to stuff and just put up, it's more of like a mental resilience kind of exercise. And then um, we are sort of in the middle of a jungle alone. The next person, the next human that's um, sort of closest to you, a couple of hundred meters away. So you can still find them if you want to, but then you're not exactly supposed to. So by the time you reach the fourth or fifth day, um, a lot of people are starting to, you know, have, um, starting to see things because um, you're just hungry and thirsty and everything. And then, um, then you start to see the true nature of people. And then um, some of your friends might come over, um, talk to you. Some of the people you realize they move around at night to steal food or to steal supplies because you're supposed to build your own um, shelter and everything. So it's pretty intense. And then, um, as in, at least for me, I managed to, I wasn't particularly helpful to other people. I didn't try to step out of my comfort zone and help people because I was also struggling with this entire thing. Mm-hmm. But then there were other people who, you know, they struggled a lot. And then after the entire exercise, they felt very destroyed by this thing because they went against their morals and then they actually, you know, steal stuff. They actually steal supplies, steal like wood that people were planning to use to build their shelter. And they felt really sorry. Everyone knew who did what and what because it's it's just quite hard to, um, it's, it's just a small community. So as in we all, we're all like pretty forgiving towards each other's flaws because we know that, you know, we can't guarantee that if you would redo that exercise again, whether you'll be able to, you know, still stick to your principles. But then it really showed me like the ugly side of human nature it really showed um, how bad we can be sometimes. So yeah, in very desperate, dire situations. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, yeah. Very. Yeah. I don't. I don't think an average person would get to see such things. And as in, even though it's 
pretty negative in general. But then I try to take 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 it positively, as in like um, it's just a warning to me. Like even when I'm in my worst possible state, I still try to you know, like just I I can't promise to be the best person and help everyone, but at least you know just try to stick to my principles as closely as possible, and then you know just um, yeah, just just try to be who I am. And I guess um, would I overall would you say uh, it was a positive experience personally, and uh, maybe even something specifically like this, um, like surviving out in the wilderness thing? Would you say on aggregate it's a positive thing, and it de- does develop uh, a sense of duty and nationalism towards Singapore, and it does develop character? Would you condone that? W- w- do you agree with that? I feel that the experience has been. Um, positive for me, but then objectively speaking, it's probably qu- quite negative for a lot of people. As in, I think a lot of people lost faith in what the army can offer to people um, with um, the kind of, um, because some of the full-time employees are not exactly the most competent individuals out there. So I was very lucky to work under people who were very competent and people who were very um, committed to giving the best possible experience for you know soldiers under them within the two years. Right. Yeah, so I, I definitely have learned a lot. But then I feel like there's still a lot of work that the army can do. As in, you know, having the power, having the legal power to bring so like everyone, all the males, like from 18 to 20, in a place, um, you know, without just paying them like um, kind of like a minimum wage. It's just, it's just allowance. You actually have the potential to tap on so many talents to actually improve this organization and to do something really meaning- meaningful for the country. I feel like everyone went in with and left like came in and left with about the same amount of you know national pride and everything even though they know what it means they know slightly better like what it means to be a Singaporean and what it means to sort of um, give to your country after you know sacrificing two years but then um, I think a lot more could be done to improve the experience and then to actually um, extract you know the full value of what this experience can give to the soldiers as well as to the country right mm-hmm. okay that's that's fascinating and um I wish we had more time to talk about this because I think, uh, I don't know. I I, th- I think it's important for people to to uh, hear um, your experience in, in, in a context mm-hmm. such as that and your thoughts on it, just because it's very insightful. And as I said before, like a lot. I mean, I certainly can't fathom doing national service. That's just beyond my <laughs> realm of conception. Be sure to check out part three, the last part of my conversation with Sam.